This episode is exclusively sponsored by Manifest Commerce, helping merchants with earth-friendly e-commerce fulfillment. Sometimes people just create content for content's sake, and you don't know if you're moving the ball down the field or not. And you also don't know if you could have done better. Having benchmarks are really important so that you know that you're meeting what set out to attain. And I think sometimes people fail to do that. They're like, let's just make a bunch of stuff. And then you spend a lot of money and a lot of effort, and you don't get necessarily, as you mentioned, the ROI that is intended or that you could have had. If you're looking to up your startup marketing game, you're in the right place. This podcast will help you simplify, prioritize, and see big wins from your marketing efforts. Every week, you'll hear from some of the world's best venture-backed startup founders, marketing leaders, and startup experts about marketing, brand, growth, what's working well, challenges, and how crazy and fun marketing can be when you're at a high-growth startup. See ya inside. Welcome back, everyone. This is another 10-minute short podcast session with Courtney Simons. If you did not hear about her before, we work together at Accenture. So she's ex-Accenture, ex-Disney, ex-Netflix, all the big brands that you know about. (laughs) And now we're here and we're going to be talking about content. And specifically, we're going to be talking about making content when you don't have a strategy, when you don't have a purpose, like what is the risk? What does a good marketing strategy or content strategy look like? What does a bad strategy look like? We'll talk about some examples of companies. Let's kick it. Courtney, who's going to go? Who's going to go first? You want to talk about? I feel like I always go first, but I think I love to hear your initial thoughts on risks when you uh, have content that is good or there isn't a plan. All right, I'll go first because you know what? I do have something to say about this. (laughs) So interestingly enough, I wrote a playbook on digital content strategy for startups. And I actually had to go back and reread my own playbook. Yes, I do read my own playbooks to remind myself of things. And I I had to do that this week. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I wrote that. That sounds really good. But kidding aside, I looked in there and a lot of the things that matter and are relevant for this episode are in there. So one thing is good content marketing strategy requires a solid marketing foundation. I repeat this over and over again, but it's so important And it's made up of two things, content creation. What are you offering? Is it valuable to your target audience? You should know what your target audience finds valuable. And you should have a deep understanding of your buyer, your target audience. And the second thing, first is content creation. And the second is content distribution. What channels are you going to focus on to distribute your content? And typically people like to focus on like fast, what gets me out to my target audience the fastest. And that's typically paid, like for example, paid social ads. But you need to make sure that you're getting the ROI and not just throwing the money away because it could get really expensive to acquire new customers. So that's where what good content marketing strategy at a high level, it requires a solid marketing foundation, Content creation, like what are you actually offering that matters to your target audience and content distribution? Where should you be? Where does your target buyer go online or offline? 
I'll start there. I love that. And I would love to hear your sort of definition of a playbook because it's a word that is used often of we need a playbook, we need a go-to-market strategy. What really is the overarching purpose of this document? The playbook, uh, I like to think of playbooks as like, all right, can you help me understand something like the theory behind it or like something at a high level? And then can you dive in and give me solid examples of how you would do something and execute on it? So that's what I consider as playbooks. Like if I, I have voice of the customer playbook, I literally give the document that shares all the questions I would ask when you're doing voice of the customer research and get on a call for 45 minutes with your customers or prospects. And in this playbook, I talk about what does content strategy mean? And then I go into like, if you were to actually execute on a content strategy, here's what you would do on a weekly basis. Here's what I do at my own company on a weekly basis. That's a playbook. I think that's great. I think it's great because, you know, I'm a big sports metaphor person. And you think of a playbook as literally plays that get you to the let's take football in this example, the end zone, the goal. And in this playbook, you need to definitely understand what the goal is. In football, of course, it's get more points on the board. But certainly in your marketing strategy, you need to start with, as you mentioned, that foundation of what is the purpose of the playbook? And what is the purpose of each play? And what are you trying to accomplish? Is it to move you down the field? Is it to prevent another team from moving forward or or whatever it may be. And I think in addition to your content creation and your content execution, I think you need to be grounded in what are your key performance indicators and then using specific tactics or plays in order to accomplish what the end goal is for that particular play. Sometimes people just create content for content's sake and you don't know if you're moving the ball down the field or not. And you also don't know if you could have done better. Having benchmarks are really important so that you know that you're meeting what set out to attain. And I think sometimes people fail to do that. They're like, let's just make a bunch of stuff. And then you spend a lot of money and a lot of effort and you don't get necessarily, as you mentioned, the ROI that is intended or that you could have had. Yeah. The one thing that I like to do, because I, like I said, I start from a strategic place and you do too. Like, what's the purpose of your playbook? What's the purpose of having it? and then get into the specifics of what are your plays. I like to go through a workshop where you list out basically all of the different places you can distribute your content, and then you give it a rating. Like You need to feel really good about a couple of those and then go first and prioritize and like go first in there. And I think that really helps to have that sense of like, well, what's the purpose of me doing that play? Well, it's because I know that my target audience, I understand them. I know where they are hanging out and I'm going to go hang out there with them and I know what they're talking about. And I'm going to talk about similar topics and also provide value in these areas because I know that that's what they're looking for. Exactly. And I, and I also, you know, it feels old school, but, you know, very much top of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. So you think top of the funnel is awareness. So you want your content to address that as the, your, your goal. Is it through reach? Is it through frequency of your ads? And those are the plays that then you put in place so that you can deliver your content so that you're accomplishing whatever that awareness goal is for that particular audience and then so forth throughout the funnel. I think so many times people just say, let me put stuff on these our distribution channels, but then 
was it for awareness? Was it for engagement? Was it for them to act and purchase something? So there's very different outcomes that you need to tailor your content to versus just putting content out there. Yeah. Like your case studies are meant for people that are bottom of funnel. They're the ones that are like, I'm bought in. I just want to see like who else is using it? Who are the peers? Like, what do they think about it? What problem is it solving for them? I just want a story to attach to. So I know that this works for someone like me. And top of the funnel is more like, all right, I see your posts on LinkedIn. Like you really create some high value posts and you talk about very relevant things and you're you're very educational and you're helping me with some of these tactical things. Like, that's good. I should follow you. I should check out what else you have to say. I should visit your website maybe, right? That's top of funnel stuff. So anything else to say about good content? Because I was going to say bad content strategy is just the opposite. It's like you don't have a solid marketing foundation. You don't have a good understanding of your target audience. You don't understand the purpose of what you're offering to them and like where it matters in the funnel. And if you don't connect with your target audience, you don't get traction with your marketing and you don't get sales. And that's the simplicity of it. Yeah. And layering that on is what were your metrics at the beginning and what are you measuring? And then what are the results at the end? If you don't have a process in place to measure that, the tools out there are so robust that if you aren't aware of how to use them, then you're missing the play because you're basically not sure if you caught it or not, the caught the ball or you accomplished what you needed to do. Courtney, I love how you always like to tie it back to the metrics. You're so yes. metrics devoted. I am a data kind of lady. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. I'm like, I want to know. I got 100, <laughs> which maybe goes back to our perfectionist. Oh, yeah, yeah, Podcast, yeah. which everyone should listen to. <laughs> People should listen to that one. That's a whole different ball game. Speaking of plays. But um, um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what about examples? Do you have any examples of companies that are making content with a really solid purpose or strategy? I have a couple. The one that I admire a lot right now has been, and it seems a little obvious because he's world-known celebrity, but Will Smith in the last two years has gone from having zero social presence to garnering a 55 million, I think it is, on his YouTube channel and then more on his Instagram and Facebook just by creating interesting freaking content to get people more aware of his channels to then share and become more excited about overall him as a brand, uh, that he's not just the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air anymore, he's evolved. And then also his Westbrook company and all the different production properties from audio to films to television that he's doing is amazing. So that's a great example of just doing interesting stuff and seeing how people react. Have you seen his, I watched the show where he had the family at the table and they're trying to fix their eating habits. Red Table With like therapy. Yes, I watch it a lot. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, I didn't know that about any of you family members. It's fascinating. There's something to be said about, yes, there's a stardom, but having topics that are relatable that people feel like they're invited into, whether it's your life or the product that you are putting out there. Yeah, there is something to be said about that. My companies include not Will Smith, so opposite, <laughs> but maybe not because they're also fun. Gong is a B2B SaaS company. and Sexy. <laughs> yeah, well, they use a lot of sexy colors, hot pink <laughs> being one of them. But they ran a Super Bowl ad, which is so unheard of for SaaS companies to do. They figured out a way to not make it like 
$10 million. And they ran it in this specific regions and it was so good. It connect, it was fast, but it connected with the right people. And it's like, you're airing this to a huge audience, but you want to still connect to those people. And for them, it's the salespeople. So people should check out this Gong Super Bowl ad at some point. They have a deep understanding of their buyer and create content that resonates with them. The other company is public.com, and they were actually on the podcast. The episode is not released yet, but it will be, and it's going to be amazing. They're a social stock market app, and we talk about how user-generated content, which because they're social, right, there's a lot of user-generated content, and they use that content they use it for their advertising. That's already like ready to take. It's a deep understanding of their buyer already. And so they use that for their advertising. And they also created a campaign where they, they're kind of like poking fun at Wall Street. And they created these bags for people that say, I don't work on Wall Street. I invest on public. And it really resonated so well because they knew that like nobody would get offended. They had an understanding of that. And they knew that the people that would really like those bags would also really like the app. And they just had a really, so it all comes back to, I think, having a deep understanding of your buyer to know what kind of content, what kind of offerings, what kind of marketing would really resonate with them. Totally agree. I'm on public now. And the only reason I am, I haven't gone back. (laughs) <laughs> but it was because my friend shared it with me and my investment club and they said, let's get on it and try it and, and then shared the link around because then they get credit for it. So building of a community. And I had no idea you were using it. So this is just going to be a good episode for them, I guess. <laughs> Yay, I, public. We got a user and we've got somebody that uh, is just talking about their good understanding of content strategy. So good for them. But this is the stuff that stands out, right? It's this brand, right? Will Smith and these two companies that really understand their target audience, their target buyer. And they not only create campaigns, content creation around marketing campaigns, but they have a good solid strategy of like, what kind of content do we want to put out there that relates back to my buyer and an understanding? And also where should we distribute it? Where does it make sense, both online and offline? So Courtney... That was great. Thank you. We didn't do our dance this time, but that's okay. We're going to bring it back next time. Why can't we just do it now? Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) Keep going. That that, that people can't see me, (laughs) which is probably good. (laughs) No, I think that they should. It would bring so much more. I'm all about dancing it out at least twice a day. At least twice a day. Love it. Love it. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Modern Startup Marketing, 10-minute quick episode with Courtney on content, and you should do content with a purposeful strategy. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you. We'll get it down to five minutes next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Firminov, or go to my website, firminovmarketing.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.